Recorded live. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, I'm Brother Priest. This is Come Out of Her, My People Outreach Program. Today's topic is the black man is better off dead. The thing is, The family of Eric Garner was awarded $5.9 million in his death. And in saying that, this is not in any manner to be of any disrespect to our brothers and sisters in their loss, but listen carefully. What is America saying to the said black woman? What are the courts saying? What is nature itself saying when the death of one of our brothers brings about the prosperity for his offspring and loved ones. What is it saying? Honestly, brothers and sisters, in our dear brother Eric Garner's lifetime, up to that point, of his untimely demise had he contributed $5.9 million to his loved ones, relatives, and offspring. Honestly, brothers and sisters, do you believe from that age that which he had uh, died at up until the time of retirement, do you believe that he would have been able to bring in $5.9 million to his relatives, loved ones, and offspring? The average Negro man in America, the Latino man in America, would be hard-pressed to bring in $590,000 in a lifetime to his loved ones, relatives, and offspring, let alone $5.9 million. So on the surface, it would appear that the sisters and their babies, their children, are better benefited by the death of this brother and by the death of the brothers in general at the hands of these police officers 
And of these various criminal acts that are taking place all across the country, our deaths are economically benefiting our women and children to the point where you have to wonder what could be in the back of the minds of the sisters in America in dealing with these brothers of ours. What could be in the back of their mind? You have heard the stories of movies, television shows, that will have it so that there are characters in the movies, one of them being, uh, what's this movie, Out of Time, Denzel Washington, Sonal Lathan where they would plot the death of a spouse in order to take out life insurance money. So in these deaths of our brothers particularly, and of course we recently had the death of the sister in Texas, but the deaths of our brothers particularly that can be proven that these police officers have been doing wrong and these are increasing every day, seems to benefit the Aboriginal sisters, the mothers of our children, and their extended common language families economically more so than it would benefit them with us being alive. Now, what kind of message does this send to the sisters? What kind of message does this send to our offspring? Would they really value us as much as they should or could, even in our hardships as brothers, our economic hardships, would they really value us in our struggle to properly educate us ourselves and build ourselves a nest egg in financial security? Would they value us in our struggle in our life or would they really secretly be hoping for some police officer to knock us off? And could this be one of the things that this revived Roman Empire, this beast of the earth, United States of America Incorporated, could this be one of the things that they would perpetuate and try to plant in the minds of the aboriginal woman 
of America. Think about that. We have brothers. Latrell Sprewell, Vin Baker, and various other football, NFL, and NBA athletes earning $100 million, Antoine Walker, $100 million, and are broke, as I recently saw. Dr. Boyce walking, speaking on. Love and respect to Dr. Boyce Watkins. Please, those who are not familiar with him, check him out. Could this really be real that you can get $100 million in your life and are broke today, how is that even possible? Unless there is a lack of education. You know what? Listen to this. What we were taught by this educational system, this said educational system, is that Caucasians, came and got us from Africa and enslaved us and brought us over here to the Americas and surrounding islands, Canada, to enslave us and put us to work. We were taught that this was in the 1500s, 1600s. 1700s, up until the 1800s, there was quote-unquote slavery. So listen carefully. So they go to Africa, capture us, bring us to the Western Hemisphere via slave ships, and put us to work. Yet we were also taught that during Abraham Lincoln's time that slavery was abolished. Now my question to you is, let's use your reasoning mind. If you were brought over here to be enslaved and to work, when did you ever stop working for the same people who brought you over here and enslaved you? When did that end? Your comprehension of what slavery is is wrong. Your comprehension of your history is incorrect and inaccurate. Believing that the 13th Amendment abolished slavery. You know what? Let me read the 13th Amendment for you. 
Listen. Thirteenth Amendment, Section One: Neither slavery, nor, excuse me, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. And you were told that this abolished slavery. Did you hear what this said? Let me read it to you again and listen carefully. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Did you hear it that time? I'm going to read it two more times for you. I'm going to read it a little slower. The second time, I'm going to read it how it should be read. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime where the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist with the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So what should it say, actually? So what does this actually mean? This is what it means. Slavery and involuntary servitude as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Slavery was never abolished. And let me tell you the real hardcore truth about it. Slavery cannot be abolished. You just got to wake up to really comprehending what it really is, and it begins with commercial bond servitude as a status in law and in a society. Well, if our brothers are working diligently, trying to make an honest living, and maybe every now and then, usually every Friday sundown, our brothers want to go out and get some liquor and get some hard drink. Now, you have a number of our brothers that want to do this every day, but you can you can rest assured come Friday, getting that paycheck, getting off of work, a lot of our brothers want to indulge in some type of intoxicating beverage, and in other things as well, but that in particular. And as much as we do our best to be good men, when we see a brother like Eric Gardner, 
who was not so much different from the rest of us, the average everyday Negro, that in his death he is able to provide more for his woman, his offspring, or the mother of his children, his offspring, family relatives, or what have you, than he could in his life? What kind of message would that send to the sisters and the children, and what could be lurking deep in the hearts of those who are motivated to continue to knock us off? I mean, really. What would a sister, looking through these kind of eyes, see that is of any value to her and her babies with the life of this man that impregnated her? Or even the guy that she was just dating, maybe she didn't have offspring by him. What would she see as valuable in him? If all she knows is he goes to work every day. Sometimes he's only making minimum wage. He's in his 50s making minimum wage. Caucasians in their 50s making hundreds of thousands, six-figure salaries, seven-figure salaries. And the only brothers of our people that are able to achieve, the average brother that's able to make that kind of money is an athlete or an entertainer. What kind of message does that send to the sisters? And then, brothers, it's not that we're not capable as a whole now to achieve that same result without being an athlete or entertainer. It's just that we have been improperly educated. Rather, we have been trained to continue to be the subservient working class that we were when they brought us here over on slave ships. So as I'm breaking down this 13th Amendment, slavery and involuntary servitude as a punishment for a crime for parties that have been duly convicted, meaning they've been convicted in the public and the private, shall exist. There are 80 million statutes, ordinances, acts, laws that you must succumb to. And they say ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well, if you can comprehend what they really mean, hopefully I'll be able to explain that before we get off. Hopefully I can recall, remember to explain this. But if you understand what they really mean, no way can you tell me that it makes sense that an individual should be able to know 80 million plus laws and not break one of them. So if you comprehend 
that a traffic court is a criminal court. Listen good. If you get a warrant, a ticket for a traffic violation, this renders you and you're duly convicted. That doesn't mean that you have to do jail time, but let's say you do, and you're duly convicted, which means you had a suspended license, you got arrested. Do you comprehend that slavery and involuntary servitude exists because of such thing? Do you realize that corporations of workplaces and jobs actually, you know what, Tom Brady is in the news. Let me use him for example. He's a professional football player. Brought up on charges in deflate gate within the United States of America, but within the National Football League. So the National Football League has its own inner court system. And so when Tom Brady loses, he decides to appeal to the United States of America, federal court, trying to go to a court higher than the NFL court. Your place of employment has a like system. McDonald's has that same system. All of these places are incorporated under the United States of America, have an inner court system and an outer court system, which are the federal courts, district courts, superior courts, county courts, so on and so forth, circuit courts, all of those. Okay, well, if you break a law in the NFL or at McDonald's or break a rule, do you comprehend what I'm saying here? That renders you duly convicted operating in the private and public and being duly convicted. The private being a private corporation or a corporation or company itself as an employee. Private and public are not what, what most people think it is. The only difference between tri- private and public is the stock option, whether there's a stock option or not. That's another thing altogether. But my point is there are 80 million-plus laws that you can potentially break and most likely have broken, and as a result, this renders you subjected to slavery and involuntary servitude, and you didn't even know that slavery was never abolished. And because you think that it is something that is not, you don't see that it is commercial. We think of slavery as strictly chips, whips, chains. Well, if you look at the prison system, they have the same chains around their arms, wrists, waists, and necks sometimes that they did in the said 
past times of slavery. Same type of chain, same chain game. So they brought you here to work. Well, when did you ever stop working for the same people that brought you here to do that? And then ask yourself, do you know how to get out of it? So when you have a brother that is striving to do right and be a good man, it behooves you, sister, to start respecting him, particularly in a deeper spiritual manner. And the first thing you can do to help this situation, sister, is to learn to watch your mouth and stop having that sassiness and that unnecessary attitude for this foolishness that some of you will discredit our brothers over. You commit verbal assault on brothers every day, not realizing how unattractive that makes you. You commit verbal attacks and mental attacks on brothers every day. So I guess you bought into the hype that the Negro man, the Aboriginal man, the said black man and Latino man are better off dead. Because a lot of you would prefer that $5.9 million rather than having that man by your side. A lot of you have lost loved ones that you really have said to yourself, well, the nigga was no good when he was alive. And you know what the sad thing is? It's probably true. So don't feel as so much as I'm attacking you, sister. But I'm saying to you, look at this and understand what you can do to help this brother and to help us as brothers become better men. And the first thing you can do is to watch your mouth and check your attitude. Because here we are getting beat up by society and getting murdered every day in front of you. And just as it was written in the, in the Willie Lynch letters, whether you believe those to be authentic or not, you, you do know that they did actually used to tar and feather us and tie us between two horses and pull us apart in front of the sisters. You do know that was real, right? Well, here they would murder us in front of the sisters 200 years ago, and here they're murdering us in front of the sisters today. So whether you believe the Willie Lynch letters or not to be authentic, do you think that this is not putting fear in the womb of the woman when she is impregnated to know that these police are continuously murdering our people today? Here's another thing. There are times when these police get away with murder. These murders are increasing every day. 
So you literally have the same condition from 300 and 400 years ago that still exists today. And I say to you, when did you ever get free? When did you ever stop working for the same people that brought you over here to work for them in the first place? You can't tell me that you believe. Look, go outside, go to your downtown, right, if you have one, to those listening. Look at all the buildings. All the buildings that are built. Tell me, do you believe that who's – look at the skyscrapers. Tell me, do you believe that who's ever at the top of that skyscraper do you really believe that's a Negro that's running that skyscraper? Do you believe that there's a Negro that owns those skyscrapers or any of those buildings? Do you believe that there are any Negroes of prominent power and financial wealth that are conducting themselves in society at doing something other than dribbling a basketball, catching a football, playing baseball, boxing, or laughing and buck dancing in front of the whole planet. So in essence, you have a bunch of court jesters. I've been preaching this how long, five-plus years, that these athletes and entertainers are at best court jesters, and you wonder why once they stop being able to perform that they lose all their financial stability. A court jester is a clown who is uneducated. And as long as they can perform for the king and the queen, they have a good life and they sit in the master's house while the rest of us sit in the field. So you're looking at a bunch of house niggas, excuse my terminology, that you envy and worship. And so 50 Cent files bankruptcy and tells you point blank that it's all an illusion. But here's what he did that I just noticed. He filed a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And he states on the record that there's really nothing that he earns himself. Chapter 11 bankruptcy, brothers and sisters, is for a corporation or a company to reestablish its affairs. An individual bankruptcy would be a Chapter 7 or Chapter 13. So if he has no assets of his own in his own name and he files a Chapter 11 stating that his businesses or his business is bankrupt, if his business is legitimately bankrupt and he has nothing of his own in his said personal name, and it would make sense that it's all an illusion. Mighty funny, when he was with Eminem, he didn't seem to have those financial problems. He'd been sued before, but now that he's not under Eminem and Paul Rosenberg, now he's having economic hardship. I'm asking you, sisters, that if you really love this aboriginal man like you claim, 
that you share this information and this thought process with your sisters and urge them to check themselves and check their mouths and check their egos and their ratchet behaviors. Check that sass at the door. Stop being verbally abusive and mentally abusive to these brothers. Check yourself and get some self-control and get some real love for these brothers because we're out here getting assassinated in front of your eyes. And soon and very soon, you're going to see this man rise to be the man that you want and need him to be. But you, sister, got to help us out. Because you've been gassed up into thinking that you don't do anything wrong, and a lot of you have believed this to the point where you are so vain about it. You can't even admit to yourself where you are wrong. And I'm sharing this with you because for him to be re- his his quote unquote family to be rewarded five point nine million dollars. If I was a sister, I would probably want all these Negroes dead if I could get that myself. Please don't misunderstand what I'm what I just said. That is not a proper way of thinking, and you really should not want that. But I can see, my point is I can see why that could cross their mind. If you've lived in poverty for three and 400 years, or you've lived at barely breaking even, if you lived in a, a substandard middle class or a middle class, even some of you that have been more well-off would probably have that thought cross your mind. Well, if somebody could just kill that nigga. Maybe I can get $5.9 million. More than that man may have ever learned in three, earned in three lifetimes. But brothers, I'm here to tell you and share this with you. We can rethink this thing and establish something for ourselves that can make us the breadwinners that we're supposed to be. Think about it. Thank you for listening.